Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former D3 student athlete, two-year starter, consummate glue guy, and co-host... Ryan! Damn! Two-man monster flush! Off the inbound! Ryan Cam Slam Jam! Find us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35. There is always plenty to run through, but before we get to it, a word from our presenting sponsor. Service from the heart to become your Realtors for Real Life is Team Anders Realtors' mission. Team Anders helps its clients find the home that best fits their needs and makes the process simple and fun along the way. Team Anders will be in close communication with you personally taking care of your real estate needs through technology, marketing, and advertising. They have served thousands of clients over 30 plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. Let's start out as we always do with a little pregame. Plenty of things to kind of touch on to whet your appetite for what we got in store this episode was another epic week in football in particular. Um, college, pro, both really. College football didn't disappoint. There were some great matchups. We'll get into a lot of that as we do in first and second down every week. Pro football is maybe through two weeks. It's a long season, obviously, as competitive as ever. Um, it's just insane to sit there and watch how many games are coming to the wire, um, how many teams are one and one We've got a down dedicated to the NFL, so more on that in a little bit. Baseball races continue to take shape. We kind of covered the who, what, and when last week. No updates on that yet. This week didn't have time to take a look at it. Um, But we're getting closer. Season ends here usually right around September 30th or so. I believe the Tigers are scratching and clawing to try to get to 500. That's what Ryan and I are rooting for. I think they're five away from that. They just won today, so they're four. They're four four away from that, so they kind of just have to win, like go, I don't even know what it is, 10 and Six? No, it's not that many games. Whatever it is, they just have to win four more games than they lose, and and they'll go 500, which is remarkable because they were supposed to be the worst team in baseball this year. Just goes to show you what a good manager can squeeze out of a team, plus some good young talent. Uh, 2022 FedEx Cup season already teed off this past weekend. Um, kind of a fun little <laughs> tournament to get started. You know, not mainstream TV, so you kind of don't pay attention to it. But Phil was briefly in contention. And obviously this week we get some great theater with the Ryder Cup. More on that as well in the four downs. And um, we'll get into all of this and more, but let's start as we always do with our podiums. Ryan, the lectern is yours. Yeah, I'll keep it short and sweet. Um, and I, It's something I've noticed um, since week zero uh, watching the Nebraska-Illinois game. But why on earth, this is pro and college by the way, why on earth are there so many punt returners that are fielding punts inside the 10-yard line. I, as, as a young football player and watching football, I always thought, put heels on the 10, let it go over your head. If it bites, so be it. These guys are fielding punts at, like, the 2-yard line and getting tackled there. They're, like, why, what are you doing? I, Nebraska got a safety off this week zero. I've, in, in the NFL, this is happening. I don't get this. Countless times I've seen it. I just don't understand it. You... Why are people? It's it's a it's a thing now. I guess I don't just let it go over your head. It's a touchback most of the time. I mean seriously, two instead of having the ball at the two, you get the ball at the twenty. I mean it sounds better at the twenty than the two. I guess, but I, I digress. That's just something I noticed and it's stupid. It's going to continue. I I bet. Yeah, it seems pretty prevalent. Uh, I've got a lot a lot more to weigh in, but it's your podium and and I'll I'll just say that I completely agree with that take. My podium, Herm Edwards may be in trouble out in Tempe, off-season program issues and a loss to BYU last weekend, after all. But long before that, he was famous or infamous for that. He produced an epic 30 seconds of press conference material. And I'm going to lean on that for my podium this week. Back in 2002, a coach of the Jets, as coach of the Jets, He said something that resonated with me as I watched games all weekend. You play to win the game. Hello, you play to win the game. You don't just play to play. You play to win the game. 
This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. I'm talking about you, Minnesota Vikings, had plenty of time and momentum to score a touchdown at the end of the game and nail the coffin shut for a big road win, especially after the choke job at Cincinnati with a fumble on the whatever yard line. But nah, you decide, we're going to play it safe. We're going to set up our kicker. After all, what, 37 yards dead between the hashes? That's nothing, right? That's just a few yards longer than an extra point. Automatic, right? Wrong. He shanked it. He knew it as soon as he hit it. Shook, shook his head, put his hands on his head, surrender Cobra. And Vikings, you lost because, Ryan, help me out, you play to win the game. Kirk Cousins takes a regular beating from Vikings fans and pundits. But two straight weeks, he's rallied his team and given them a chance. Now, last week, Delvin Cook fumbled. They were getting It was an overtime chance to get into field goal range. I get it in overtime, fine, whatever. And, and I think that was maybe a time constraint. He fumbled, great player. That they didn't lose because of their kicker, or necessarily because they were you know trying to center the ball or whatever. But this past weekend, Minnesota lost because with a minute twelve to go, they had twenty some yards to go, could have scored a touchdown, could have kept the foot on the gas. Cousins had driven them all the way down the field, but no. So you get what you deserve. Now on the contrary, you have some giddy Spartan fans out there right now, not San Jose State or UNC Greensboro Spartans. Michigan State Spartans. Why? Mel Tucker plays to win the game. He didn't attempt a long field goal or try to pooch punt the Canes deep when facing a fourth and one up a touchdown with 5.30 or so left last Saturday. He didn't eat clock after that big fourth down conversion either. He and Jay Johnson dialed up the death knell, a deep touchdown throw to Speedy Naylor. Hallelujah. For good measure, Mel went for the throat Again, after Ronald Williams jumped a route and made a nice pick um, right after the ensuing kickoff after all that stuff happened. Mel and the Spartans played to win the game, and I, for one, am all the happier for it. Coaches, teams, players, play to win the game. All right, for this week's personal foul slash unsportsmanlike conduct, whatever you want to call it, all the above, um, there are a few ways we could go, all of them, land on one of our favorite topics here, officiating. Ryan, who are we throwing the flag on? Uh, This week we're going to throw a a little flag on the SEC refs, um, and then just, yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah, and then the NFL's stupid 10-second runoff rule, too. So I'll give you the why. Well, for starters, the SEC refs cost a team in your own league a win at Memphis by allowing a punt that had been covered and therefore should have been dead at the two or so. It kind of bounced around or whatever, but it had clearly been touched and it was downed. They let it get scooped up off the bounce and returned for a 95-yard touchdown return on a punt for the deciding score when it really, as I said, just seemingly had you know, squirted away after being downed by the Mississippi State players. And their players have started to leave the field, right? Like, game plays over. Dead. We got them pinned back on the two-yard line. What in the, you know, what are those refs doing or thinking? You just screwed your own league on the road. Then you go up to Happy Valley. And what was really a great college football game. And, um, you know, but among the many jaw-dropping, head-scratching gaffes, the SEC officials there screwed up what down it is. What is this, Colorado, Nebraska from, you know, circa the 90s when they got a, Nebraska got a fifth down and won? I mean, this caused Penn State to punt on third down, third and 11. You get paid to do one job. Pay attention and call it right. And how about instead of road teams getting to bring their league officials, you go neutral? Ay, unbelievable. Lastly, Sticking in the realm of officiating, another personal foul, unnecessary roughness, unsportsmanlike conduct, whatever you want to call it. What is with the dumbass 10-second runoff rule in the NFL? Inside a minute, if a review is initiated, which at that point is by the booth, coaches can't call for a review inside the last minute, and the play has changed, there's a 10-second runoff automatically. Or you have to burn a precious timeout to stave off the runoff. Uh... Why the coach or the team didn't choose to have you review the play? What <laughs> WTAF? 
This cost the Lions a few years ago. Ryan, I'm sure, remembers. They scored a touchdown. They called it back. And because there was, you know, like nine seconds left and the Lions didn't have a timeout, they ran the game was over. They didn't even get another shot. Why? Wasn't the Lions felt that they were short or that the ref called it wrong? So this happened again in the Titans-Seahawks game this weekend. And the Titans had timeouts, so it just cost them a timeout. But as they're trying to come back, it's they're faced with burn a precious timeout or get this 10-second runoff. This is the dumbest rule in all of sports, period. NFL, change it now. Don't wait till the end of the year, rules committee. Change it now. Personal flag on officials everywhere. You suck. All right. First down, as we usually do, we will talk Big Ten Week in Review. So, Ryan, we'll start with you. I've been up on the soapbox here for a little bit. Who you got, like, team of the week, player of the week, and maybe we can just kind of chat back and forth game by game as you go. Yeah, another really intriguing week in the Big Ten. Uh, definitely team of the week. has got to be Penn State. Um, impressive win. Uh, hung in there. Sean Clifford played outstanding. He'll probably be, he'll probably be my player of the week. He proved me wrong. Um, played really well in four incompletions. One was a, a basically a heave to the end zone. Those intercepted, uh, but played really, really well. I guess I'll start there. Penn State looked really good um, offensively, throwing the ball. Didn't run the ball that much, but threw it really well. Jahan Doxson is he, that guy is special. Um, he's probably one of the best receivers in the Big Ten. Fantastic playmaker. Um, great hands, fast. He can make something out of nothing. Um, just outstanding. Um, and Auburn, I, I mean, I think they were better than I thought that they were. Uh, Bo Nix, I still don't think, is a great player. Um, but, th- I mean, that's an SEC team that's ranked and they're tough and they have five stars all over the board. And, and the refs tried to help them yeah, out. And, and, they, and they came out of the whiteout with a win. Uh, great atmosphere. Yeah, just a really fun game to watch um, from start to finish. Um, with Penn State, I, I really was impressed with them. I think, to be honest with you, they're probably the best team in the Big Ten uh, in my eyes right now uh, after week three going to week four here in the season. But I guess we can stay in the East. Ohio State, I, they might be in trouble. I mean, offensively, they're fine. 277 rushing yards out of Travion Henderson. Um, Stroud apparently struggled a little bit, didn't really see much of that game. But defensively, they gave up points, yards again to Tulsa, who's not a great team. Um, they might be in trouble. I mean, I think last week they relieved Kerry Coombs of his um, defensive play calling duties, and they still sucked, uh, which is basically is him getting fired without getting fired, you know. But I just think they might be in trouble. They need to sure some stuff. I mean, it's not for a lack of talent. I think it's scheme. Um, and scheme, just, but maybe they spend too much time looking at their offensive talent. And, and, you know, they don't have the DBs that they've had or the yeah, DNs that they've yeah, had, right. you know, the Bosas and – Chase Young and the you know the they had so many DBs in a row that are littering the NFL that yeah. you just don't you're just not seeing that right now. Seven yeah. Banks is probably their best one, and you haven't heard much. He's been kind of dinged up, but it's to, and even linebacker. I mean, you look at Ohio State; they've traditionally had great linebackers going back to Spielman and Katzenmoyer, and you know, I mean, they 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 lacked that star power on defense, and they really have, I think, for a couple of years and. They're going to need to go get somebody that can recruit the defensive side of the ball. You know, I get it; it's an offensive game now, but um, yeah, you, have to you, you still have to be even if you bend. You can't give up that many points. You know, that's the thing. Like about Michigan State is they they bent a lot. They they gave up the under routes all day to the tune of three hundred eighty eight yards to Miami, but they gave up seventeen points at the end of the day and, and forced four turnovers. And while it causes you some angst as the team is driving. I'd rather have that and use your talent appropriately, and I just don't think Ohio State is is there. They're not the team that we projected them to be. It doesn't mean that they won't become November, but I mean, would you say too, Ryan? Seventy six thousand at the shoe on Saturday. Yeah, the lowest, lowest attendance since like nineteen seventy one. That's something. nuts. That's nuts. I mean, hey, butts and seats. That 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 tells you your story right there. And it's not like Tulsa was sisters of the poor and blind. I mean. They're not a bad team. No, but not. And, and even then, it's a chance for maybe non-season ticket holders to get you know one game in at a decent you know going rate on a on a ticket. And there were twenty four thousand empty seats in that place. And I'll jump on Penn State too because they they were my team of the week, my player of the week. I really share between Clifford and Thorne. I think Thorne was a Covid ten player of the week by the Big Ten conference. Both of them were you know basically flawless and in huge wins. Um, I agree with Ryan. Penn State's definitely the best team right now. I mean, they beat ranked Wisconsin on the road. We'll find out, you know, just how good Wisconsin is this week when they 
play Notre Dame at Soldier Field, um, you know, with a week, extra week to prepare. But really impressed with Penn State. And I've got to say, I'm not a Penn State fan by any stretch. But, I mean, the way that whiteout comes through the TV, I can only imagine being in that atmosphere. I've, I've been to Happy Valley for a couple games. One was a absolute Michigan State train wreck blowout when they had Kajana Carter and Kerry Collins, and they should have been – national champion back in 94-95 and then the other Michigan State kind of blew a late lead and lost which is a common theme when I go to road games and it was a great atmosphere but this was all pre-whiteout and I mean that just looks sick it's it seems pretty simple like hey everybody wear a white t-shirt but that place goes absolutely freaking bananas and it's awesome to watch Um, uh, let's see keeping it going you know we talked a little bit about Michigan State I did at least there a little bit I mean and I talked about it in my in my open. Really, really impressed. Um, you know, they've got balance. They're they've gone from basically one of the lower five to ten teams in all offensive categories to one of the, you know, top eight to fifteen teams in every offensive category. I mean, Kenneth Walker, you can talk about guys like Blake Corum who's having a nice season, three hundred yard games in a row for Michigan and whatever, but dude's leading the NCAA in rushing. Um he made, I think I read today, 20 missed Miami tackles. He broke 20 tackles in that game. I mean, his jump cuts, his vision, his speed, power, ability to get to the outside. I mean, I haven't seen it in a Michigan State back like that. I, a combo of all that. I mean, like Le'Veon was powerful and, and, you know, and had good vision and good cuts, but he didn't have that kind of speed. Like, you know, I mean... A Langford was good at certain things, but he might not have been as powerful. Like, I just don't I, – I can't think of somebody maybe kind of like a ringer-ish. But, yeah, but ringer. I think he's better than ringer. I mean, it's just – it's a thing of beauty to watch. And then the thing that impresses me most about Michigan State right now is, first of all, I love Tuck's quotes. I mean, he is a quote machine. But you can tell they're playing together as a cohesive unit from, as he said, from the nutrition staff to strength and conditioning – they were prepared for basically hell, temperature-wise, at Miami. I don't recall seeing a guy go down with cramps. Um, you know, they've got a good rotation of high-quality players at key positions. Um, you know, do they have room for improvement? Yes, which is a positive. That's a that's a really good thing. It makes me feel really good about Michigan State's chances to, you know, dent towards eight, maybe even nine wins this year, not the seven that we picked. And remember, Ryan and I both picked this preseason, and our stuff is a loss. Um, you know, just really super impressed, you know, things to clean up, you know, Coughlin should never miss a field goal inside of 40 yards. He's a 12th year senior. That's inexcusable in my opinion these days, kind of like the kicker at Minnesota. Um, but just super, super impressed with Michigan State. I don't know, Ryan, if you have anything. Yeah, to add to I, that. I, I am. I echo everything you said. I mean, I, I think they're different. They're way ahead of schedule of where I thought they would be, where everyone thought they would be. It's. I'm just. I wanted them to be competitive and try to make a bowl game, but I think you have to reevaluate the expectations. Right. I think this is more of a seven wins. Probably their should be their. That's floor. the bottom, probably. Yeah. Um, with the, I mean, Nebraska's not gonna be an easy game, but they should win. I, I think they should win. And then Western Kentucky, I mean, that could be five and zero start with, I mean, Maryland and Rutgers could be with Purdue should be a win. I mean, then like toss up Michigan's probably more fifty fifty. Indiana's a very winnable game. Mm-hmm. Ohio, Ohio State, State's looking more Ohio winnable. Ohio State doesn't they can't defend the run or pass. So and, and Michigan State's had success there more than anybody in the last Penn five State. To 10 I mean. Years. I, I mean, they're a good team, but beatable. I mean, East Lansing. I, I'm not saying Michigan State's going to go undefeated by any stretch of the imagination, but they have a chance to have a, a lot better season than literally anybody ever would have dreamed of, which is really good to hear. And with recruiting they have coming in next year, and I'm, Tucker's going to do stuff in the transfer portal, portal. You already know that. So it could be Michigan State it could be – Gaining some steam. Yeah. It could be a runaway train here in the next couple of years. Uh, I think so, which is great because it's ahead of schedule mm-hmm. for us as Spartan fans. You know, I think we were willing to take a sit back and, and watch this year and, and see growth approach. And then sometimes you strike gold. You strike it with recruits. You strike it with transfers or whatever. You know, think about Wisconsin. The first big transfer that comes to mind is Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. They struck gold with him. Michigan State clearly did with, with um, you know, Walker. But... And sometimes you miss, just like you miss on recruits. Not all five stars pan out. So, 
Um, fun to watch, though, just the cohesion overall, the, the fact that there's no factions. The team likes each other. You got guys doing the dirty work. Watch. If you are an athletic person, you know we talk about the athletic a lot. Nick Baumgartner, who covers in a little bit of Michigan and Michigan State football, and he's like a film breakdown guy, but in a way for the layman. Um, I mean, he demonstrated in an article this week how Hayward in particular, but Hayward, Naylor, Reed, those guys are getting key blocks that are springing these runs too. It's not just the O-line who's playing better, but I mean, that's when you know that people are bought in when you're, you know, NFL caliber receivers are downfield making that extra block and then they're the first ones celebrating with a guy. I mean, and that goes to culture of a program, um, which is a Michigan State guy is a great thing, you know, from my mind to see. Um, a couple other things, and then actually Chris had a great thought, Ryan, that maybe we reevaluate teams, um, you know, every three weeks or so just to kind of see how we did. Obviously, once the season goes, you get a better indication. But, you know, just a couple of other quick buzz thoughts around, see what you got too. I think Iowa's better than we thought. I mean, I think their offense is still a work in progress, but their defense is for real. They got a good ground game if they can be yeah. mediocre in passing, I think they're going to be fine. Their defense is really, really good. Yeah, I agree. I think Purdue is getting better. Purdue's de- yeah, they, they showed a lot more than I thought they would. The same with Nebraska. I mean, they fought Oklahoma. Yeah, who, Nebraska who really I do, did. Who I do think might be slightly yeah. overrated. That still. pick, though, in that game. Oh, man, yeah, that, that was, was sick. That was really cool. Um, um, Northwestern's a dud. Um, yeah, they, I mean, they fought bad. back a little bit at Duke. But remember, Duke lost to Charlotte. So. You know, I thought the other really impressive team this weekend was the Gophers' first yeah, road good. shutout win since 1977, 30 to nothing over the Buffs. Yeah, that's um, impressive. You know, very impressive. Obviously, Michigan's been impressive. They've really not played anybody. You know, Western Western's beat, not a bad beat Pitt, and they're not bad, and they waxed them pretty good. Northern Illinois, though, I mean, yeah, they beat Georgia Tech, and they barely lost to Wyoming, but they were predicted to be one of the worst teams in the MAC, and they kind of showed that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and Washington is not anywhere what we thought they would be. But, you know, we'll see. They're a big favorite over Rutgers this weekend. Um, Rutgers has been playing Rutgers well, although well. I saw two, two of their, of their players were suspended. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see who else. You know, Illinois actually gave a little bit more fight against Maryland than I expected, um, so much so that I had money on Maryland covering that spread, and they did not. Um, I kind of expected it, half expected it, because I, I feel like teams that are a work in progress do that. They kind of fall back a few pegs and they rise up. Wouldn't surprise me if Illinois gets a, a big win somewhere along the way. Um, you know, like Ryan said, Nebraska, you know, gave it a run anyway. They've got a lot of deficiencies. And that's a team this weekend that Michigan State absolutely should beat and should beat pretty handily, but that's never been the history gonna, in that series. Close. You know, Martinez is a is a great running quarterback. Michigan State bottled up Deer King last weekend. They're going to have to do much of the same. Um, so we'll you know we'll see about that. But any other thoughts, Ryan? Before yeah, we look, look back look, a little bit, just the last team we didn't talk about is Indiana. Oh yeah, I think they've been a disappointment. I mean, mm. tough schedule. I mean, they played good teams in their first three, but. One and two is not where they thought they would be. I mean, they have tough the Big Ten still to play, and they're one and two. That's not good. Um, and shooting themselves in the foot a lot. I mean, yeah, a lot Penix of red zone turnovers. Well. Penix is yeah, a lot of. I don't think he's he's 100%. got three pick sixes already this yeah, year. Yeah, he's not a hundred percent, and he's apparently dinged up. But he's they said he's going to play uh, this week against Western Kentucky. But yeah, just I, I don't know. They're they I guess they couldn't handle the all the glamour and bright lights. Um, Officially back to a basketball school. Yeah, right. So let's do have a quick run around the Big Ten. We've been on Big Ten for a while, but that's our favorite, and we'll go a little lighter on the on second down, probably or fourth down even. But um, let's take a look at the team. So Illinois, we had them at this point in time, uh, two and two, and they're actually one and three. The difference is that we actually had them losing to Nebraska, beating W, you know, UTSA, losing to UVA, and beating Maryland. So we. In essence, had pretty much all their games except for UVA wrong. Ryan, I mean, we have them pegged for three and nine. What do you think? And do you think that's going to waver at all? Or are you feeling pretty good about yeah, that? Yeah, I, th- I feel pretty good about that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's going to be more than that. Yeah, Iowa, we had two and one at this point with a loss to Iowa State. They're three and zero oh and looking yeah, really good. We had them nine and three. Yeah, I, mean, I think they more ten and two. Maybe. Yeah, I think they got a chance at the Big Ten West. Probably, I would say that they're their front runners right now for the Big Ten West. Minnesota, you know, we predicted the loss to Ohio State in a win 
against Miami and Colorado, although I don't know how we did last week necessarily in our individuals. So they're right on schedule. Um, Miami was a little bit of a dud, but, you know, we have them 7-5. and five. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, I'd say that's probably pretty good. Probably still pretty good. Yeah, we're pretty close to what we thought on the start. Um, you know, we had Nebraska beating Illinois, which obviously didn't happen. Beating Buffalo, we had an old schedule where we had a bye, but we'll call that we had them winning the second week. And then we had them losing to OU, so they're pretty well on target. I mean, they should yeah. be in our mind three and one at this point, but we only have them pegged for five and seven. They're two and two. Yeah, they're two and two with tough Big Ten schedule. I mean, they play Michigan State, Michigan crossover. I think maybe even Ohio State. So. Yep, they do play Ohio State too. Yep. Um, Northwestern is. We had them beating Duke, but otherwise, you know, they're more or less where we had them. They play Ohio this week. That should be a win, but who knows. I don't know. We said seven and five. I'm, they might I'm be thinking five and seven, four and eight. Yeah, I, I'm not seeing that. I mean, they may be a flop more with Purdue, who we had next. We had that four and eight, and we have where we thought Oregon State win, UConn win, lost to Notre Dame. I thought they were more competitive against Notre Dame than I expected at preseason. Um, you know, we have them only winning two games in the Big Ten, but I, you know. I mean, I think Northwestern we have is lost down the road. That could definitely be a win. Nebraska could be a win. I mean, it is a way, you know, Illinois this coming week, I think, you know, so they, they may be able to sneak up. They're going to have to, I think, make a bowl game to keep Brahms' job, although they are showing a little progress. Um, and then finally rounding out the Big Ten West, Wisconsin, you know, they're, they've only played two games so far. We expect them to be 2-0. They're 1-1. Big game against Notre Dame, huge test. And, you know, we'll see what we pick this week. We originally picked them to lose. And then they played Michigan. Um so, you know, I don't know. We had them we had them going nine and oh. Obviously that ain't happening. They already no, lost I'd one. Say, I'd say they're ten and two, nine and three team. I probably leaning more nine and three right now. I feel like they have more deficiencies than Iowa at this point. So yes. I'm gonna flip flop them with Iowa myself. Indiana, they're on schedule. We actually had them starting one and two and going seven and five. Yeah, so I think they're I still think it's pretty doable. Um, you know, they got a tough stretch after Western Kentucky. Then they play Penn State, who's just going to be hungry for revenge. Then they get a rest, and then they have a pretty tough stretch. So, you know, we'll see how IU does. Um, they catch Michigan State after their bye. Maryland is off to, uh, we had them 1-2 and two at this point. They're 3-0 and oh and have actually looked pretty good. We had them actually winning only two games all year, Ryan. So they got Kent State this weekend, who... Played Iowa tough. They played Texas A&M tough in their opener. I don't think they're going to beat Maryland though. I don't. I don't know. We might have to admit that Maryland's going to. Yeah, sell they'll close probably to make a bowl game. I think. Yeah. But I. I just don't see it enough. I mean, they struggle against Illinois, but. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, they do play Iowa, then Ohio State, then Minnesota, then Indiana, then Penn State, then Michigan State, then Michigan. So it's like I mean, they've got a gauntlet there, and then they close with Rutgers, who's three and zero and playing really well. Michigan, we talked about them a little bit. 3-0 so far, you know, we had them originally preseason losing to Washington when we thought Washington was going to be a lot different than the paper tiger that they were. Um, been impressive doing so. Another home game this week before they go on the road for a couple and then they get a bye. Um, you know, Rutgers, I think, can provide some tests in some different ways. I think Michigan is definitely better than Rutgers. It'll be interesting to see what those losses um, of players do there. I, you know, they could... I could definitely see them doing a little bit better than that seven and five we had them pegged at. Obviously, they're already a win ahead of that schedule. It just it just kind of depends. I mean, it depends on does Penn State stay together? Does Ohio State get better? Does Michigan State keep playing at its level and getting better? How do some of these other teams do? Does Wisconsin pose that you know test for them that we thought they would? Uh, you know, as far as Michigan State, you know, we had them two and one at this point. They're three and zero. Oh. Had them losing to Miami, not in our picks last week, but. Um, that's a pleasantly surprising win just because of how it was done and by how much, you know, at seven and five, we talked about them a little bit. I think eight and four, nine and three is, is seven to five is still certainly happened, you know, but if I look at it like this, if they can win the next two weeks, which they probably should five and oh, that means you just have to go four and three in your last seven games to go to win nine games. So that seems like three and four, four and three is pretty doable for a, you know, a better bowl game. Maybe Michigan State expected. Ohio State already has a loss. We did. We had them going undefeated. I could see them getting one, maybe even two more losses. I mm-hmm. just don't know 
if they'll completely round into form or not. I don't know what you. I don't think they have that it factor that they don't, they. I just don't know if they have it. They don't. Year. Yeah, they don't. Stroud is good, but is he good enough? He's too young to bail him out. I think this. You know, the running back great. We talked about him in our previews. But can he bail him out week over week? I, I just don't know. I think you've got to rely on your defense at times you know, to win a game that maybe you just are sucking it up on offense. And I, at this point in time, I just don't see that happening for them. Yeah. The good news for them is that they've got Penn State, Michigan State, and Michigan in the back half of their season. So they'll have time to get it right. Penn State, I had a schedule... Uh, looks really good. We had them going nine and three. I, would not surprise me right now. I think they're the best in the East. Would not surprise me to see them take the East at this point in time. But you never know. I mean, I, do they have one key guy or two really good running backs? Their running game's okay. Okay, when teams kind of scheme to shut down Dotson, they got some good tight ends. But I, do they have enough other? Their defense gave up quite a bit, really, to to Auburn, who's pretty good, but. Not, you know, world beaters necessarily. So, I don't know. A little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if Penn State wins the East. But I don't know that at this point I'm going to say that they're going to go much better than 9-3. and three. Yeah, I think 9-3, and 10-2 is very doable for them. And then Rutgers, we had pegged at 6-6. Six and six. They're right on schedule so far, 3-0. They've been pretty impressive, although they haven't played anybody impressive. We'll find out this week kind of where they are. I, I feel like 6-6 six and six may seem a little low, but I just don't see a ceiling much higher than 7-5. and five. So, I mean, the Big Ten East is, it's a beast. Everybody really legit could beat everybody on a given day the way they're playing right now. So, you know, I, I just, yeah, it's hard. We'll, we'll, we'll revisit, revisit it again in a couple weeks. Chris, thanks for the suggestion because just like preseason rankings, things change for sure. All right, that was a long first down. We got a couple penalties in on that one, so we uh, replayed first down several times. Um, second down, let's get a little, you know, catch up on some other college football stuff in general overall. Um, I'll start with one game. I thought, you know, Bama finally looked beatable. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was that two-point attempt? That was Florida. I mean, put, a Bama fan and an astute football fan would say, it was blown up by the backside, you know, defender and whatever. But still, I mean, why are you playing in a, as Ryan likes to say, in a phone booth uh, from the two-yard line? Like, spread it out, do something. Get five ride receivers, run a rub, pick play, whatever. It just seems like you got something better that you would have in your back pocket for to tie the defending national champion late in the game at home. Yeah, that was kind of a very suspect play call. Um, left me kind of baffled it's a head but, scratcher yeah but yeah i mean florida showed some fight bama is obviously beatable this year is probably the most top to bottom I, I mean you look at clemson's they might be bad i don't know they're scored 14 points against georgia tech who's not a good and team. tried to blow that game with like yeah, they what are they lost. doing they're they're running shotgun from their own one and all they need to do is fall forward and the game's over and they fumble in the end zone. They're lucky it didn't get recovered. I, I just don't. I, that's a team that's going to go. They had a running back transfer this week. Their one of their best uh, defensive players is out that, for seven or eight weeks. That's a nine and three or ten and two, and ten oh. and two doesn't cut it around there. Um, yeah, and then I guess I'll keep it on this side of the country. Uh, Ole Miss has been a sneaky good team so far. Um, Matt Corral is probably he's. I think he's the Heisman front runner aside from Kenneth Walker really through week three. Destroyed Tulane, who fought hard at yeah, Oklahoma. They scored so. sixty-one points. He's this dude's got a cannon for an arm. Play Bama in two weeks. Yeah, that could be a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're a sneaky good team to watch out for. Uh, West Virginia, solid win over Vatech. Vatech's not back. Um, surprising Western, like we talked about earlier, big win over Pitt. Mm-hmm. Uh, like probably their biggest win since PJ was there. Really cool. Um, beating Doozy and his boys. Uh, going out west, uh, UCLA can't, comes back to earth after losing to Arizona Fresno State. Fresno's not a terrible football team. I mean, they gave Oregon a good run, but I mean, they're no great. They're team. not a Pac-12 I mean, team. Yeah, they're, they're not really, LSU. No, and UCLA back to earth. I mean, they're probably they're doing better, but I, I just don't know. Uh, and then BYU impressive three zero against the Pac-12 this year so far um, against the Pac-12 South which is pretty crazy. Yeah, the Big 12 is loving really the fact that they're coming in. Yeah. My game of the week last week, though, was Friday, so a lot of people probably didn't see it, but it was Louisville-UCF. I mean, that was nuts. 
like Louisville driving to score. I think it was tied, right, Ryan? Yes. Louisville's driving to score. They throw a pick. It gets returned to like the 35. So they're almost in field goal range, UCF. Next play tries to force it into a tight window, gets deflected, pick six, game over, except for there was one last play. And on that last play, uh, what's his name, their quarterback, uh, UCS quarterback, Gabriel, broke his um, collarbone. No surgery required, but um, that was a fun game to watch. I mean, just a high-scoring game. There's been a lot of games like that where it's just been high-scoring. You know, I, I still think Oklahoma is probably my most, I think I said last week, my most top five team most apt to lose next. Um, you know, it could be Texas A&M too. Texas A&M plays Arkansas this week. That'll be a good one. But Texas A&M, the difference is they've got a really, really good defense, even though they're trying to figure it out with a, an injury at quarterback. Plus, they've got Spiller at running back. So yeah. Texas Tech, as much as Ryan hates Jimbo Fisher, might actually be a for real top five team. I still think Oklahoma's not. I just, I, I don't know. I don't, I, people want Oklahoma's quarterbacks to be great because they had, you know, Hurts transfer over and they had Mayfield and they had, you know, Mur- Murray. I, it's, I won't go as far as saying he's a Monty Bates because I think a Monty Bates is going to be an absolute dud in college and pro basketball. But I don't know what the love affair is quite yet with Rattler. He's a gamer, but I, I don't know. nothing special. I don't and Oklahoma, like, when did it become a morgue to play there? Like, we weren't watching much of that game because it was up against Michigan State, Miami in that window. And, you know, that's the one time of the day we don't turn the channel when Spartans are on. But when we did, and even watching it, Tulane, which granted was a t- technically a home game for Tulane, it just it doesn't seem like Boomer Sooner's got it going for the fans. Like, has Jan, what have you done for me lately? You haven't won a national championship, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know. And Notre Dame, I mean, another big test coming this weekend. Florida State obviously wasn't really much of a test. That was an escape because Florida State is 0-3 for the first time since the 70s. Um, they, you know, boy, it'll be interesting to see what Notre Dame can do against Wisconsin this weekend. I think they're actually a dog, right? Five-and-a-half-point so. dog. Um, so, yeah, a lot of a lot of intrigue. I mean, college football is great. Western Michigan goes and beats Pitt at Pitt. Pitt beat Tennessee. My favorite transitive property game of the weekend was Clemson barely beat Georgia Tech, who lost to Northern Illinois, um, who's got absolutely train-wrecked by Michigan this weekend. I mean, just like, uh, that's what makes it fun, right? All right. Yes. Third down. Let's bounce it outside and switch gears and talk Ryder Cup. So I'm going to give you a, we'll go, we're going to go back and forth on a couple different things here. So for those who don't follow the Ryder Cup all that often, here's a little bit of history. This is off of RyderCup.com. It is golf's preeminent event, and I will agree with that. I mean, there's a lot of great events in golf, but this is pretty sweet. Um, it happens every other year, 12-member teams from the U.S. and Europe, and they don't play for money. Uh, you know, they strictly play for bragging rights and pride and glory, and it is epic to watch. Think Olympics, but it's not fencing, <laughs> Right. It's been going on for 91 years. There have been 42 competitions. Um, and again, it's where one of the last professional sporting events where it's about winning and not about prize money. Surprising, I was surprised by this. The U.S. has actually won 26. And Europe has won 14. And presumably there's been one draw. Because um, if this is the 42nd one. Um, you know, it alternates this year. It's at Whistling Straits, which is definitely on mine and Ryan's bucket list to play. Mm-hmm. Looks like a fantastic course. If the weather there this weekend is going to be anything like it is in Michigan, it's supposed to be mid-60s and sunny, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, you can't get better conditions. Um, it's on the lake on the east. It's on the west side of the lake, so the wind should not doesn't prevailing off the lake as much there. But, um, you know, the teams are kind of made up differently. U.S. has changed their format once in a while. This year it was six automatic qualifiers, six captain's picks. We'll get into the players in a minute. Europe's like something like, uh, I don't know how they do it. They've got a different point system for how they do theirs. The format is is pretty interesting. It's all match play. Um, each of the first two days uh, are, you know, four-match session of four ball and one four-match session of foursomes. So that's like a best ball type of thing. Um, final day is 
all 12 players play in singles matches. There's a lot of gamesmanship. Who's going to play who? What are the matchups going to be? Scoring every match is worth a point. You know, draws are worth a half a point. That's how you get to the, you know, the first team to 14 and a half wins it. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think it's just one of those things is it's in a way it's kind of too bad that Saturday will be, you know, indisposed tailgating all day. We'll have to maybe try to figure out how to watch it just because it is, it's fun to watch. Even if, you know, Ryan and I, obviously it's no secret if you listen to the podcast are huge golfers and we like to watch golf, which a lot of people don't necessarily like to watch it, but just because it gets tense. It's kind of like playoff baseball. It's like playoff hockey. Like every, every shot matters, like something good or something bad could happen on every shot which does remind me of bottom of the ninth inning baseball in October or overtime hockey in the Stanley Cup, you know, game seven type of thing. Um, It's that good. It's worth a watch. I will say, catch it Friday just in case because it was an absolute you-know-what show bloodbath uh, in France a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. The last time it was played, I think it was skipped last year actually, so it's been a couple years now. Um, The U.S. absolutely just got curb stomped by Europe, who... Even though the U.S., like I said, I was surprised with how many they've won. Europe just has, like, the U.S. has higher-ranked collective players. Um, but Europe just has, the, I don't know, it's camaraderie. I don't know, why, just this this pride for beating, you know, ugly the ugly Americans. I, I don't know necessarily what it is. I don't think there's any personal despise between these groups of players. But, I mean, they turn it on. And hate each other for this weekend of golf, and it's that's kind of part of the spectacle. And right, I don't know if you want to run us through like who's on each team. And yeah, I can do that. Uh, U.S. So we got Daniel Berger, uh, who's been playing really rookie, good golf. Right? Rookie yeah, for the first time Cup. he's played well the last couple of years, mm-hmm. couple wins. Uh, Patrick Cantlay, we all know how well he's been yep. playing. Um, if he can putt. Also rookie. If he can putt lights out, he might be a big time player for him. Yeah. The mad scientist Bryson DeChambeau, who, by the way, um, says he's been eating dinner with Brooks and they cleared up some stuff up. Um, they need to. I mean, that see, that's the thing you talk about camaraderie. If they don't let bygones be bygones, that creeps into the locker room. And there's a really good book we had when I worked at Amway. We had Paul Azinger come out to a Diamond Club event, um, you know, for a thing for our you know higher level leaders in the company and talked about how he put together a winning Ryder Cup team after several years of just getting smacked around by the Euros. Um, And a lot of that has to do with the way that you can get guys to play together. I think it's a big reason why Phil is a captain. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Should be interesting with that dynamic there. Hopefully it'll be all right. Harris English, also a first-timer, also played great golf this year. Tony Finau. But, man, when he tanks, he tanks Yeah, he's not good when he's bad. Uh, Tony Finau. Uh, DJ Dustin Johnson, uh, Brooksy, uh, Colin Morcow, also rookie, uh, Xander Schauffele, Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth, and Justin Thomas, um, with the captains being, uh, head captain Steve Stricker from Wisconsin, uh, and then vice captains of Fred Couples, Jim Furyk, Zach Johnson, Davis Love III, and Phil the Thrill Nicholson. So he's surrounding a really inexperienced team with a lot of experience in the yeah, captains guys and guys that I understand before. it. Uh, yeah, it should be a fun team to watch. Um, interested to see their dynamic, how how Stricker kind of puts those foursomes together. Um, yeah, it should be fun. Throw that, Ryan, throw that stat that you threw out me with Sergio. Sergio Garcia saw this via um, Golf Digest, I believe. He has 25.5 uh, Ryder Cup points in his whole career in the Ryder Cup, and the U.S. has a combined, out of all their players, 25.5 cups on their roster points um, in Ryder Cups in, on their whole roster. So, yeah. Talk about experience. Rookie, El Nino. Yeah. Young, yeah. Just Sometimes that being oblivious to it may help, <laughs> but they may also have the pucker factor, too. I mean, I've, I was watching some stories the other week about the first time I think it might have been Zinger actually talking about it like the first time you peg the tee your hand is just shaking like you you've just never experienced anything quite like it not even the Olympics because that's straight stroke play and this is this is match play which is which is really fun to watch too because you don't you, you can't run away from somebody in a hole right like you can get win two or three holes in a row but then you can just catch fire and catch up you know so you're never really truly out of it which makes mm-hmm. it Fun, but who's the give us the Euro team? Yeah, so for the Euros, we have Paul Casey, uh, who's been okay. I think I don't know if he's 
great. He's a good Ryder Cup player, I think. Yeah, he's generally. got experience. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, the little guy from England, uh, I believe this might be his first, maybe his second. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, we all know he's one of the better iron players Gamer. in golf. Uh, Sergio, um, a lot of experience there. Tyrell Hatton, um, the human volcano himself. Uh, Victor Hovland, who's played really, really well in his first two years on the on the tour. Shane Lowry um, won the Open in 2019, played well in some events this year. Uh, Rory, we all know Rory is Rory, um, great player. Ian Poulter, also just a guy that's he's always all right on the tour, but he's just a good, good Ryder Cup player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John Rum, who I believe is the best golfer in the world right now, um, just. So consistent. Yeah, he missed a cut this weekend out in uh, whatever yeah, it was he the Fortnite. head in it. Right, and whatever, but I, I don't, I think he probably was already one foot into Wisconsin yeah. with that. You know, it's not like he needed to play for the money or to make a cut or something like that. So, I uh, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, Hero Goat, who wins, I don't know. I mean, I, I U.S. is favored when you look at gambling odds. I, I see why, based on their, it's in the U.S. We're going to have the home crowd, obviously. Wisconsin fans, the Cheeseheads, they'll be at it. Um, I boy, I hope that they win. I mean, I think collectively, ranking wise, they're they're the better team from a strictly rankings perspective. I think that that lack of experience is going to bite them a little bit. I think you know. It was too bad that Patrick Reed kind of had to... I know that he was upset that he didn't make the team and he's been Captain America, but it's too bad that he had to make the comments that he made because I think, you know, he burned a potential bridge if if Kepka couldn't have played. You know, Kepka took some heat in the media last week from Zinger about if your head's not into it because he does... He's he said, I don't really like match play, then don't play. I don't know. I think there's too many things. I think it's going to be closer than the last time. It was something like 17 and a half to... 11 and a half or something like that when they played in um yeah it's 28 total points so that's or no it was like 17 and a half to 10 and a half I mean it was a bloodbath like I said in France I think it's going to be close but I think probably Europe pulls this out like 15 13 it's going to come down to something on Sunday it won't be over on Saturday like it has it was at Oakland Hills a few years ago you know let's hope for a good one I think the chance to be the hero for the U.S. is going to be somebody going to step up like a you know Shoffley or Cantlay I think chance to be the go you got to go with Brooks or Bryson because big hitters is supposed to you know the course plays really long supposed to favor longer hitters which the U.S. definitely has in general I don't know one of those guys tends to stand out to me as who's going to be the goat I don't know who you think wins who you guys yeah I, I think Europe I, I I mean I wanted I want the U.S. to win obviously but I think Europe has the experience I think that's going to just going to be too much for the U.S. I think that inexperience hurts them. I think it's going to be close, like you said. Um, for the Euros, I'm, I'm kind of watching Rory. I think he's built for this kind of stuff. For U.S., uh, I think Spieth and his experience can really help. Um, interested to see how Bryson does. He did really bad in the President's Cup and then the last Ryder Cup. So I guess we'll see what happens. It's, it's interesting because it, it's a good thing it's in the U.S. because Bryson, you can get in between his ears, clearly. I bet you the players ratchet up their trash talk a little bit because it's not a typical round of golf. I and Sergio gets under fans' skins not as much now that he's older. He's not the grip, regrip, grip, regrip a million times guy like he was, but he knows how to needle people. It's the Spaniard in him. I think Rom could kind of. He does that. It's yeah. funny that I think Rom could kind of maybe make some enemies. I'm not going to dislike him after this because I really love his game, but you know. It would be interesting because I think some of those guys have a way, especially with inexperience and guys they can get in their heads. Or like if Brooks is standoffish and Bryson is floundering a little bit or Harris when his bads are bad, like he, down at the Palmetto and then it was again in, in Memphis at the FedEx where he just went off the rails with a lead on the back nine. If that starts to happen and that gets a little bit contagious, watch out. It could be a blowout. I don't think it will be, but it'll be worth watching. Let me tell you for sure. All right, fourth down. We're going to come back to football and talk a little NFL. We're going to give it its actual own down this week. First, I'm going to start off with one observation from from the Lions game last night. It had been since at least 1950 since they wore white pants. Please wear those more often. Flush those effing stupid Smurf blue pants. Alternate between the the 
silver pants and the white pants. That was a slick look. And the Lions were slick looking for a half last night. Yeah, they kind of forgot that you had to play two halves in the football game. <laughs> well, they did that against San Francisco. They were dog meat in the first half. Great yeah, I mean, in the second they, look, half. they look all right. I mean, they're they're they making steps. They I are say. what they are. I mean, they're not going to win more than three games, I don't think, now. Um, but Tough schedule. But, you know, it's yeah, interesting. It's, they're getting good experience and kind of showing where their holes are, what they need to fix, what they need to draft, what they need to do in free agency, who they need to get rid of, mm-hmm. which is really good. Um yeah, fired up for their future. I think that Holmes and Campbell are, are the right guys to kind of right that ship and get the Lions trying to compete for playoff spots um, and win, hopefully. Win and we talked game. last night about how remarkably good their offensive line yeah, their really line was. Yeah, great. You know, a little bit less Sewell so in the second has half. No, has not a lot of sack through two games. He's like the only left He's tackle. the youngest starting left starting left tackle in NFL history at 20 years old. He hasn't even turned 21 for a couple weeks, and... So I saw things like they have a good ground game. They have a good, for the first time ever, we remarked last night if Stafford had an offensive line like that, I mean, we would have won a lot more games because he had, they don't have much, to, I mean, they have okay receivers like Cephas, you know, made a nice catch, touchdown catch. They've got some guys. They don't have a, they don't have a Galladay. They don't have a, you know, Megatron. They don't have that game breaker receiver. Hawkinson's great. Um, on defense, I think their D line's pretty good shape. Their linebackers are mm. the defensive backfield. We know has got a lot of work. I mean, unfortunately, they lost, or fortunately, depending if you ask Ryan, they lost Okuda. Then last night, I don't know another O or whatever his name is um, from Syracuse. Speedster actually played decent. Came up lame, probably like pulled a quad or a hammy or something. I, I mean, secondary, the Lions need to get better. I don't think they should necessarily do it through the draft. I think they need to find some savvy yeah. free agents to tuck in yeah, there. You know, the game changed on the bomb from Rodgers to Adams. Um, you know, and Rodgers just was precision. He had a chip on his shoulder after the whole Saints fiasco. You know, Green Bay is a better team than the Lions, but it was encouraging at least. Um, you know, a couple things go their way a little differently. I don't think they win, but I think they, they give it a shot. And I will say, too, I hope that the guy that had the 16-game NFL parlay that was coming down to the Lions game last night, I'm hoping he took the cash buyout at 145 g before that. I know he was paying for, like, 750000 or something like that, Ryan, if he won, but mm-hmm. I hope, dude, I hope you took the 145 and didn't rest your yeah. rest that money on the Lions. No kidding. I, mean, I think, generally speaking, we talked about Ryan this weekend watching games, and it's probably drawn me in even more. Like usually, I'm kind of like, oh, I'll go mow the lawn, or I'll go do what I need to do, or maybe go play golf or whatever, and not watch as much NFL. But the parody's been great. Yeah, you know, like Kansas City, we go to bed and they're sitting on a lead, then they blew it, which cost us a little bit of FanDuel money. Um, you know, but the Ravens one and one, Kansas City's one and one. Yeah. There's, you know, there's very few teams that are two and zero, and they're teams like the Raiders, uh, you know, the 49ers, a lot of West Coast teams actually. Yeah, but. the West Coast. I mean, every Las Vegas is two and zero, Denver's two and zero, uh, San Francisco's two and zero, L.A. Rams are two and zero, Arizona's two and zero. I mean, that's pretty crazy. Seahawks were close to being two and zero. They blew a late lead. KC's one and one. LA's. Chargers were close. You know, they they basically self-imploded and kind of handed the game to the Cowboys. But another great game came down to a kick. You know, we talked about Minnesota playing for a kick. That was a barn burner back and forth. Shouldn't have had to come down to a kick. You know, probably a game, arguably, Minnesota should have won. Bears, I don't know. They're struggling. Fields did not look very good. So fans maybe got a little taste of why you don't start the rookie. Maybe the coach knows what he's doing. Don't know what they got for injuries. There's you know quite a few quarterbacks that got dinged up over the weekend. Um, Brown struggled at first, then pulled away from the Texans. I mean, Colts are 0-2, surprisingly, and then Wentz has two sprained ankles. How the hell you do that, I don't know. But if anybody would do it, he would. Um, yeah, I mean, I think some of these 0-2 teams, a lot of times 0-2 is like, there's a very, minim, very small chance it's, I don't even know what the percentage is, but it's less than 20% chance that you make the playoffs. I don't think that's necessarily the case this year. Because I don't see anybody that's a runaway standout. Even no. even the Bucks, you know, I mean, Atlanta was going toe-to-toe with them after they laid an egg against Philly. You know, until back-to-back pick sixes by the same guy. Um, 
which is insane. Didn't some dude win a lot of money on that, Ryan? Yes, yeah, defensive so, touchdown yeah. by that. But mm-hmm. anyway, you know, so NFL fun to watch. Didn't we should have watched it last night? But I read a little bit of uh, the Peyton Eli back and forth. They had Favre on there, no surprise. You know, I think for Lions fans' perspective, they did a pretty good breakdown of Goff and what they think that he can do. Um, I think that's a good thing for ESPN. I'm not necessarily sure how Levy and you know Greasy and Riddick. Uh, and Riddick necessarily feel about it. they're they're good as a trio too, but um, I think I definitely am going to go pay more attention to what Peyton and Eli have to say just because they break down the game so well. But anyway, anything else, Ryan? No, I don't NFL think so. Wise? I think we covered everything. It's just been fun to watch. Uh, hoping it stays that way. Yeah, same. And I think you know with seventeen games and the more injuries are going to play more of a factor. It's you know it's going to be super interesting. You know, and I think the Lions. The good news is I think they're going to compete in every game in some way, shape, or form, and at least give us a little bit of glimmer of hope for the future. Yes. All right, two-minute drill. Let's go to our pick'em. Ryan, give us a little update on where we stand, how we do, how did we do last week, where do we stand overall, who's, you know, how many game lead, who's got on what. Yep. We do have a volunteer on a, on a prize for this thing, so somebody's got to come in here and try to unseat JG, otherwise he's, he can cruise with a, an awful record to a free 50 bucks. So somebody jump in. Don't worry if you're behind a few weeks. We'll cut it down to win percentage at the end of the year. Yeah. So uh, out of us two, um, I went eleven and one last week. You went ten and two. So that means I took I'm, Purdue. So I took my flyer. I'm last thirty week. Uh, nine and seven. You are uh, thirty seven and how does that make sense? Nine. My, my numbers don't count. Up. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm two games behind you. Yep, so doing pretty good. Doing did JG play good. last week? Uh, he did. Let's see. He had. He was 10 and 3 last week. All right, oh, so he's yeah. about five or so games behind, I think, yep. us, mm-hmm. you at the top. So he's a couple, three games behind me, maybe. So, so yeah. come on, get in, join the contest, and here's our picks coming for this week. Yeah, Where so we we'll start uh, Penn State, Villanova. If this is basketball, we'd say Villanova, oh but uh, Penn State easily. Penn State can play all their second stringers and win by 30. Yeah, Penn State. Yep. Uh, game two, uh, big one, big noon kickoff, college game day. Notre Dame versus Wisconsin at Soldier. Um, could be a decent game. Um, you know, I was probably at the beginning of the season thinking more Notre Dame. I just don't see it with them. I, I, they played poorly. Been have gone through games. three left tackles, too. Yeah, I, I, I think Wisconsin will mash them up front. I think that they've got... They've got what it takes to do that to them. All, uh, all I know is I have not looked at the the. I, I knew what the line was was at least yesterday five and a half. The over under has got to be low, but I'm going. I probably would say go under on that. Although Notre Dame's defense hasn't been that great, I think Jack Cohn's got a chance to kind of show up the Badgers a little bit. I'm I've already in a parlay for this coming weekend picked Notre Dame to to win straight up, not needing points. I think Notre Dame's going to get that win. You got Wisconsin. I got, I got Uh Bowling Green versus Minnesota. Easy Man, Minnesota's favored Minnesota. by like thirty some points. Yeah. Minnesota all the way. Uh, Ohio versus Northwestern could be decent. I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm going, not I'm going Northwestern. Good. Yeah, I mean Ohio got smashed by Syracuse and Army. And Syracuse is not very good. Army is good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Northwestern will get it right. The Colorado State Rams versus Iowa. Um, the question is, will Caitlin Morrison, Iowa. Rachel's BFF from high school, will she have earned her stripes to run the Ram on the field? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Sorry, Caitlin, but Iowa. It is a true story, though. Caitlin will be running the Ram out, which is a 300-pound Ram at some point in time. It's their version of Ralphie, but yeah, Iowa's going to destroy the ramps uh Rutgers Michigan I think this this game's gonna be closer than the 19s spread um favoring towards Michigan I think that it'll probably be more like a 7 to 10 12 point range uh but I think Michigan's gonna win this game yeah I could see Michigan winning by a couple touchdowns I mean it does not help that Melton's out for Rutgers especially the other guys a second stringer but to this point Michigan really hasn't thrown the ball much I think it's more about stopping the run Rutgers has got a pretty good front seven um, you know, I think it'll be, in the end it'll be a two touchdown game. I think, but it's going to be as Corso would say, close. Doing the you know finger and the thumb together, I think it'll be close. Late Michigan will pull away with some sort of play. Yeah, uh, but probably fairly high scoring. Yeah, uh, Illinois Purdue. Um, 
I think Purdue's going to get the win here. I think they're going to be salty from last week. Um, Illinois showed, probably without Bell, unfortunately. But, but, yeah, but yeah, he's 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 healthy, so that's good. Yeah, concussion, but probably out. But yeah, I think is that it's at Purdue or is it at? Uh, I think it's at Purdue. Yeah. Well, let's look on the handy dandy schedule. Yes, it is at Purdue. I'm going to go with Purdue there as well. All right, uh, Kent State playing their second Big Ten team in a row against Maryland. Um, Plus, they played Texas A&M. Yeah, tough uh, gauntlet there. Maryland uh, gets to 4-0. Wow. Yeah, I agree. Maryland's going to get the win, but I would not be surprised if Kent State keeps this within um, punching distance for sure. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, Akron versus Ohio State, they're like a 50-point favorite. I don't know if they cover that, but Ohio State's going to get the win here. Um, maybe feel better about themselves going into Big Ten play. Yeah, I agree. Mac, uh, the Mac is going to go over the Big Ten this year. Indiana um, versus Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky getting a little tune-up before Michigan State. Um, I, I'm going Hoosiers here. I think they're going to be salty after the loss. I think they're going to be salty, but I think they're going to be a little eh in the first half. I think they're going to wake up in the second half and run away with it. Um, yeah, I could see that. You know, a team like Indiana with the schedule that they have in the Big Ten East and the ex- expectations they had – they cannot let games like this get away because pretty soon then you start looking, man, can they even make a bowl? So, But I do think Indiana gets this win. Yeah. Um, final Big Ten game, Michigan State versus Nebraska under the lights. Um, Michigan State, I think, is going to win this thing. I think it'll be like a like a 30, I, I said 33, like 20 or something like that, 33-17 uh, Michigan State. Yeah, Nebraska has had Michigan State's number or at least given us fits in the past running quarterbacks. I I've been remarking to Ryan about how well Michigan State's defensive ends have stayed disciplined to the edge in their games so far. Um, you know they're not chasing down things. They're not overcommitting when maybe they read that there's a screen. I think they're doing a really good job reading their keys. I think Martinez is going to get his, but their their top running back is out with a knee injury. Right? I don't yeah. know that he's he's Martinez is an okay passer. I don't think he's got great weapons. Their defense has definitely gotten a little bit better. Um, you know, I, I don't know that they've got any playmakers on their team that scare me more than anybody that was on Miami's team. No. I would agree because my Nebraska has given Michigan state fits over the years. I think it's going to be close, but I think Michigan state wins by, you know, seven to 10 points or so they'll yeah. cover that spread. Uh, moving out of the big 10 Arkansas versus A&M. That's a big one. I'm going Woo Pig, Woo Pig Suey. Um, at Arkansas, right? Yeah, it's at Arkansas. Yeah. I, I just don't. A&M is without their starting quarterback. I, I think Arkansas gets it done. I think Texas A&M's defense is going to be too much. You know, their quarterback, they're breaking in this quarterback, started with Colorado. He's got a much better arm than, um, you know, the freshman that they started. He was a better dual threat. I mean, I think Texas A&M wants to get this for the sole reason that they can go back to Texas and flip off their their favorite buddies in Austin and say, you can't beat an SEC team. We can. You don't yeah. belong. I think Texas A&M gets it done. Okay. Uh, then Lions-Ravens Sunday. The Ravens are going to blow off the Lions, I think. I don't the Lions can't handle running quarterbacks. Yeah, I just don't know if they got what it takes. I mean, the Ravens are on like their ninth string running backs, and they're pretty good. They've got weapons. Their defense is good. I'd like to say, I think the Lions will play tough. I think it'll be a little bit better than expected. I think, in a way, Baltimore might coast a smidge just because they finally got off the schneid with beating Kansas City. But I think the Lions will, yeah, unfortunately get to 0-3 with this one. All right, that's it for this week. All right. Now let's end as we always do with a sprint. For the second week in a row, I did not give... Uh, any indication of what these were to Ryan, so we're going to go truly on the fly. Ryan, first line, rather attend one of golf's majors or the Ryder Cup? Um, I think I'd rather attend like the Masters. I think that'd be pretty cool, but both would be cool. I don't know. All right. Can the Lions become a playoff team with golf at quarterback? I think they can, but it would have to be two years down the road. I don't know if they're willing to pay him that much. I'll, I'll he's say only 26 yes. years old. Yeah, he's young, but I, I just don't know if he's worth the price tag that he has. Depends on what's up, what's going to be coming out there down the road, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that the best non-conference road win Michigan State has had in the last 20 years? If not, what was? Yeah, I think it has to be. I mean, I'm trying to think. We haven't really beaten any other great teams on the road 
Um, I mean Notre Dame, I guess, but uh, that I think yeah, that has to be. Maybe lost to Arizona State, lost to Cal, lost to yeah, lost to Oregon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and finally, which original cast would you like to see together for one more bonus season? Friends or Seinfeld? Uh, probably Seinfeld. I'll go with that. I think they probably would hold up a little bit better, potentially. They all look a lot older, though, that's for sure. All right, for me, rather attend, I'm going to say Ryder Cup, just because I think it's different. I think just the tensions are different. I think you you know can kind of chase your way around the course a little bit. Um, you just have to hope it's not a blowout. Can the Lions become a playoff team with Goff at quarterback? You know, the Manning brothers think so. I, I think they can. Honestly, I think... You know, they're putting the pieces and parts around them, running back solid, offensive line solid, tight end solid. They need another playmaker or two, and they need a better defense. They can't just rely on him like they used to with Stafford. They, you know, they just try to outscore teams. You're not going to outscore teams with them, but I agree. It's going to be a couple years down the road. And will they be willing to pay for it? I don't know. Or do they start all over again? That's the thing is he'd be 28 versus starting all over with a rookie. Mm, tough decisions to be made. Is that the best non-conference road win Michigan State has had in the last 20 years? Boy, I mean, you got to say with expectations where they were, beating a ranked team when you're not ranked and a tough place to play, not because it was full, but because it's just hot, because it's sticky, because it's humid, because people expect the U to win. I mean, Michigan State pretty much played Notre Dame and a couple other teams like Oregon and stuff on the road. But, yeah, I mean, I think in terms of a win, I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to say a better one for Michigan State than that one. And then which original cast would you like to see for one more bonus season? I think friends with where they all, probably all married and kids and stuff. I don't know. That'd be a whole different, take a whole nother tack. I don't see Kramer, George, Elaine, or Jerry as married uh, in another redo of the of Seinfeld. So I'm going Seinfeld all the way. All right, give us a few final social media reminders, Ryan. Yep, uh, follow us on Twitter at the Final Score Thirty Five. Please get involved in the uh, in our Pick'em contest. We got this fifty dollars gift certificate coming to the Total Wine and More down on Twenty Eighth Street. Uh, great place. So, if you want to win fifty dollars worth of booze, uh, well, join us because uh, JG's coasting right now. My man, JG's coasting. That's right. You can stock up on his uh, his mimosa, mimosa juice or whatever he prefers. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, thank you for that, Ryan. Um, hey, and again, if you uh, if you got a job for the big fella, let him know. If you want to sponsor the podcast, you want to kick in in some way, shape, or form, let him know. We do thank our presenting sponsor, Team Anders Realty. Learn more about what Team Anders can do for you at teamanders.com. Meantime, as Newman once said, nice game, pretty boy.